Hello and welcome to Wrestling Natters, episode two. Uh, we'll probably start by just asking if you think that there's any better way to introduce a podcast, uh, then feel free to get in contact with us. Um, or if you've created a jingle that you want us to use, we'll happily take that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We could do with some jingles. It's all very bare at the moment. Really, any content that you may have spent the last week uh, working on for us, you know, gratefully received. Exactly, um, yeah. Don't everybody send it in, because uh, we haven't got staff to... No, very ill, obviously. Anyway, we've just uh, watched, uh, there's no better way of saying it, we've just watched uh, this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Watch the hell out of it. Watch the hell out of it. So we'll probably begin our show, well, if we we ignore what we've said so far, if we begin our show, probably better to do that, um, by discussing what happened on Monday Night Raw. Um, it, uh, It started with a promo. Well, did it start with a promo? Oh, well, they actually, they actually started with it. I suppose it's worth going into simply because I don't think either of us saw last week's Raw. Um, no. Being the professional broadcast journalist that we are. We're hoping this podcast will encourage us to watch Raw, which is a strange thing to want to do, but... We're hoping this podcast will improve Yeah, as well, you know, so fingers crossed. But we, we figured watching wrestling may be a good start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little uh, recap on part of last week's Raw, and John Cena's, thank God that Kane program is over with, I can actually uh, get into something that I can get behind, promo, yeah. um, which in the official title they're used to the segment, as far as I know. Um, but, yeah, uh, we watched that little recap of it from last week. I, 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 think I remember I turned to you and just said, where the hell has that guy been mm. for the last three months? Because that's the John Cena that makes a mockery of the Cena chance sucks. Um, believable, passionate, real, everything that, that's good about what pro wrestling promo should be. Um, and as much as it's going to make absolutely no difference to him whatsoever, um, because people are still going to boo the hell out of him in this feud, um, coming across as a, a, a reasonable guy with, with a real legitimate point to make as well. Whether or not you agree with what he's saying is kind of irrelevant, but there's a real you get a feeling that this is a person... Um, who has an actual genuine beef, as it were, with, with the guy he's feuding with. And that can get, that's the sort of thing people can get behind. Well, yeah, you, if you don't have a genuine beef, as you put it, with your opponent, um, or there isn't a title involved, what's the point? What's the point? Obviously, you can say because we're trying to present it as a legitimate sport, but... Yeah, no, the, the promos have become irrelevant. The matches still matter, but the promos really would just be the mm. sort of banal press conferences you get in most sports. Exactly. Yeah. I think that uh, it was good to see that John Cena again in the opening segment of uh, Raw, the recap from last week. Mm. I do think to some degree he does need that. It doesn't have to be cheesy and, and rubbish, but <laughs> he does need another side to him because yeah. you can't always be intense. You need to be intense for, the, for a reason. You mm. can't be that intense all the time, all that angry all the time, and still come off as a a good guy. Completely. Um, it's, I mean, for me, the problem has been in the last few months that it's been a very, very long time since we saw anything but that cheesy, goofy side of John Cena. Mm. And for me, as someone who's defended the, defended the guy for years, even I was, has been starting to feel exactly the same way that most of the Cena haters, as the popular vernacular would say, um, exactly the same way that they feel about him. I'm just sick of seeing him when he comes out because you know exactly what's coming. Um, there'll be some sort of ridiculous, I say play on words, that's being generous, um, there'll be some nonsensical delivery by a man who you know damn well knows that what he's saying is bollocks. Mm. Um, someone like Kane will come out and spout some meaningless drivel that actually will have no bearing on the feud whatsoever anyway. Mm. All the embracing the hate stuff. Presumably the payoff to that was Cena turning to the camera that time after 
uh, Zack Ryder got injured and as far as I can tell, getting a close of his face while he soiled himself. Mm. Uh, truly the worst piece of acting I've seen uh, in WWE in some time. And you're talking about the over-the-top facial twitching of John Zeno. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. I'm, I'm assuming it's all over YouTube because it was quite extraordinary. Hulk Hogan in his prime would have been proud. I, I didn't really see a great deal of the build-up to the Kane match, or I, I saw just the clip. <laughs> Very lucky. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw clips of like the pushing Zack Ryder off the stage and all that sort of thing. But um, I didn't see... Probably the highlight, but only for, it, it, was, it felt like a bit of a throwback of a guy in Zack Ryder just thinking, fuck it, I'll take a ludicrously dangerous bump. Um, sad and not realising that it's no longer the late 90s and that isn't actually enough to uh, further your career, as he's finding out, I don't think he's been seen since. Yeah, the, whole, the whole Kane thing just seems to have been one big mistake, you know, we all, <laughs> we discussed this last week, how people want his mask back, and it is good that he's got his mask back, I suppose, um, kind of freshened up his character to some degree, I've said to some degree, for the second time, uh, and if we add it to the 102 times I said it on the first podcast, <laughs> must start using the word extent sometimes, <laughs> just to spice things up. Well, you need to do things like that, because, uh, you know, otherwise the wrestling NASA's drinking game is never going to take off. True, yes. And you know, that's a major part of our business strategy, <laughs> to get that thing off the ground, so. You can you can order your to some degree T-shirt <laughs> from our official website. I'm pretty. Hang on. Yeah, I've just heard uh, to some degree is currently tre- trending worldwide on Twitter. <laughs> uh, that's excellent news. As is my cup of tea. <laughs> um, I wasn't make a point. Yes, um, Kane's comeback. It has been just a, a complete disaster in my opinion, probably the opinions of uh, many. Um, the John Cena feud just bombed. John Cena. Kissing Eve just seems to have them aborting whatever they were going for and going with this. I'm a uh, I'm hosky hosky, or I'm 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 using my looks to to further my career and that sort of aspect. I don't think that that was what they were going for. Originally. They can't possibly have been what this is all intended to do because they just I think they just realised that Cena comes off as a massive heel when he snogs his best mate's girlfriend in front of him. Um, yeah, I, don't, I I mean my my feeling was that, that he launched himself at him and there was that 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 brief moment where he didn't push her away quickly enough rather than, you know, I'm not, I don't know how much it heals Cena completely, I can see why, why you'd say that though. Um, I just think it's not what anybody wants to be seeing at the moment. It, it, it just came out of nowhere. Well, I didn't seem to be leading towards anything. We're not, what, are we going to get Ryder versus Cena and make many of any pay-per-view down the line as a result? Of course we're not. No, but what we could have had is Cena doing that and it comes across as a selfish act that he's performed, mm-hmm. and he might be sorry and apologetic for it, but it could be the first, mm-hmm. or, or one of the first steps in a heel turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we could have a, a Cena versus Zack Ryder match. Yeah. It doesn't have to main event a pay-per-view. It can be on Raw, it can go five minutes, and Cena can win. Um, but instead, we get Eve suddenly changing character completely, which I know is no big deal in wrestling, yeah. but it just doesn't seem to have... It doesn't come across as a pre-planned storyline. It comes across as them trying to make up for something that they realised was a mistake. Right. I'll um, tell you why you know it doesn't come across as a pre-planned storyline. Pre-planned? That's the one. Pre-planned storyline. Um, for the simple reason that there is no possible way that anybody looked at Eve and her ability to act, emote, and in fact just speak coherently, ironic after the sentence I've just job to, um, and thought, hmm, there's a heel, there's someone who, who we're going to, I mean, come on, 
uh, I mean, we're skipping forward a bit, but everything that happened this week involving Eve was it was bad, quite spectacularly awful. Her her evil genius laugh um, coming across as just spectacularly forced. It's about as genuine as Ricky Gervais's one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Foster Gordon as genuine as anything that Ricky Gervais says coming across yeah. nowadays. Ooh, yeah, me. Topical. Yeah, Ricky Gervais is now trending on Twitter entirely yeah. because of what I just said. So we've got the opening video montage out of the way. Yep. After that, I think we were treated to being told that we were having a rematch from last week's champion versus champion match, yeah. Liam Punk versus Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, as anyone who watched would know, that's not how things certainly started off. Basically, we just got a really, really long segment and tradition of sort of Paul Heyman booking a, a segment that starts off as one thing, and by the end they've worked about 14 storylines into it, uh, and, and it's gone sort of 25, 30 minutes, and you haven't actually, as an audience member, had time to breathe. It was phenomenal stuff. Uh, starts off with uh, CM Punk coming out for his match, and the first thing I noticed was that it, the pop that he got when he came out was louder than it has been in quite some time anywhere other than Chicago. I'm starting to get the feeling that for all the momentum they lost when they sort of dumped the Summer of Punk storyline, and they did, they lost the shitload of momentum for him without a doubt. And can I, I just put in and say that yeah. I think that a lot of the momentum that was lost in that storyline is entirely on Punk's shoulders because he was allowed to go out there with microphone and say what he wanted mm-hmm. and he promised to the crowd mm-hmm. things that he could never absolutely ever back up. He 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 he, he maybe not known, but he surely should have had an inkling that he wasn't going to be allowed to take the world title to New Japan or ROH. Mm-hmm. He knew that Oh, no, he, he never said he was going to do that. He said, he said that he might do that. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that is putting a seed of hope into yeah. the independent wrestling fan's mind mm-hmm. that he might do something uh, a bit more interesting than go away for a week and then be straight yeah. back again. Um, and it lost momentum because maybe he wasn't allowed to do the things that maybe he wanted to do. But if you're not going to get them checked first, if you're <laughs> going to go, just, li- just, just let me go out there with a mic. I'm going yeah. to get this over. Yeah, you'll get it over, but they won't be able to back it up, and then people will lose interest and see you as that guy who couldn't even fulfil the promise of getting those ice creams back on the market. That is frustrating. Um, yeah. <laughs> just couldn't. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a punk hater. I really like punk, but I do think that there's a lot of this WWE dropped the ball with that storyline type stuff. And yeah, it did all become about Triple H when it maybe shouldn't have done. That's the problem. <laughs> but I think a lot of what people think is that they they were expecting something really innovative and different yeah. and were expecting WWE to take risks because maybe mm-hmm. they thought it would bump ratings up a bit. But if Punk's going to suggest he can do certain things and then not fulfil them, it's only going to let people down to an extent. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the other side of the coin is Punk, by saying what he said, gave WWE an opportunity. They could either take it or not. And yeah, they have it, had every right to not. And as a result, they, I think they, as they have done, been known to do many times in the past, I think they left money on the table. There was money there to be made on it. That I, I watched an uh, interview with uh, CM Punk last week um, on some radio show. Um, got me thinking we should try and get uh, similar sort of caliber guests on, on this. Um, it's quite impressive that you watch them on a radio show. Well, it's modern technology these days. Webcam, I believe they're called. Um, and he, was, he actually talked about that and, and, and was saying how, you know, when he made that promo, he, he still insists to this day, whether you believe it or not is, a, is another matter, he genuinely believed that this was his last couple of weeks in the company and he, could go out, he was going to go out there and say what he wanted to say whilst building um, interest in, in the match with Cena. Um, and he was genuinely done. He was, he was finished. And then when it came to, you know, it kind of caught lightning in a bottle, 
Um, and it was obvious he was going to have to come back. Well, not have to come back, but it would be stupid not to. He was the biggest star that he'd ever been by a country mile. Um, the reality of the business um, what was the problem. They did have a pay-per-view in SummerSlam to sell, you know, and, and that's, that's the business model they work to now. And uh, as much as he wants to be a, a rebel and he wants to do things a little bit differently, he doesn't want to be a complete dick. Um, he knows full well that, you know, he, he, they are his employers. It's his, it is his job and it's his, in, in his interest to do the best he can for the product. Um, it was just very interesting to hear what the, some of the things he was saying and talk about his relationship with Triple H and some of the things he's actually learning by the position he's now in being able to talk to Triple H and ask him questions about. He, met, he used the example of uh, Brodus Clay, if you remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he got pushed arguably down people's throats for a, a few weeks and suddenly hasn't been on TV in the best part of a month. You know, why would that be? And although he didn't give the reason as to why that would be the case, he said having, you know, talking to Triple H about it, it's explained to him from that business point of view as to the reasons behind it and he's kind of, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I see that. The point being, it was just interesting to see a guy who positions himself as one of us, in quote, quote marks, alluding to the quite clear fact that there is a lot more to the business than, you know, you or I or anybody on the outside can possibly hope to to really have a full grasp of and the, the the minute details that go into putting putting together in one show, never mind. Well, I think you're forgetting that I have a 2-2 BA degree uh, in media, uh-huh. so I know exactly what it takes. Um, anyway, I interrupted you uh, with my comment about CM Punk being partially to blame there, um, but back to Raw and what happened. CM Punk came out, yes. Uh, we expected Daniel Bryan to hit and for the match to begin, but instead we got uh, Chris Jericho and his light-up coat. Yeah, uh, they got <laughs> yeah. we got Chris Jericho and his light-up coat, we did. Um, came out to perform easily the most serious, intense, legitimate, heated, um, hell with it, manly promo any man has ever performed in a coat that ridiculous. Yes. Um, certainly that I've ever been witness to. It was a great promo. Uh, both guys were on, on, on fire. There seems to be a thing you get, you get a lot of the time where if you see guys occasionally stumbling over words, um, and if it's in a context like this, it's, it, it seems to be a sign of how good the work actually is because it doesn't, it's not coming across as scripted because it isn't. These guys are genuinely, there's passion involved. They're genuinely, you know, there's an element of reality to what they're saying. They're going after each other, um, and it's come, it's happening live. It's real. It's it's fresh. Um, and both of them, uh, quite a few times, said, you know, we there are a couple of sentences I forget them now that that almost didn't totally fit or make sense. Uh, Jericho got a bit mixed up in, in some of the things he was saying, but it was interesting to watch that. And that sometimes the words themselves, certainly if you're going to break it down to the, the level of analysis that I'm going into here don't actually matter. If you can get across and t- tell the story through the passion, through the believability, I keep coming back to mm-hmm. here, um, of what you're trying to sell, it stands out so much from a freaking Jack Swagger promo mm. um, that it's going to sell more, a, yeah. a thousand times more tickets than anything else. They do say there's only like about 10% content that matters mm-hmm. and for the rest of it is all about the delivery. And I'm sure if he was very angrily saying fruity pebbles, we'd probably be arguing that the words do matter. Um, probably. And we, and we both like the phrase, which I can't quite remember now, but it's like about sharks. Oh, yeah, Punk had a really great line, wasn't it? Uh, um, yeah, while I was, while I'd been here, I was swimming, you were, with, swimming with the sharks, you were dancing with the stars. That's oh, it. that's a good line. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, content-wise, it was good, but yeah. occasionally words were stumbled over, which 
uh, it, it did matter because we're not watching a true soap opera. No. We're watching men ad lib and and talk to each other like real people yeah. do to to some extent. Obviously, those actual content that conversations probably doesn't happen that often in real life. Um, <laughs> but certainly not with that clothes that sort of clothing involved. We were talking about a man in a uh, a fairy a fairy like jacket, another man in a t-shirt and pants. Yep. By the way, uh, that's something I've got to comment about. That's a weird look for punk. The white t-shirt t-shirt with his very very small trunks really does just look like a man who's only got half dressed. Yep. It's fine when he's coming out to wrestle. It's not fine if you're going to do a promo. Yeah. Best thing about it was that the heel had a point. Yep. He was trying to make a point that he believed in. Yeah. Right or wrong, he yep. believed it. But Conversely to what some of the some storylines we get, the heel isn't in the right. No. The heel is quite clearly in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Too often I find that the heel is basically justified in everything that he did. <laughs> uh, you know, probably not justified in like beating the heck out of someone, but justified to be angry or feel they've been wronged. Yeah. But, uh, an example I give is a pretty old one now, but uh, the Rock winning the Royal Rumble when his feet touched the floor first. <laughs> Big Show arguing that you know that was the wrong decision, yeah, no uh, kidding. and and Rock denying it. Then when they showed video evidence, evidence that he, it was his feet that hit the floor first, he just said it doesn't matter whose feet hit the floor first. Clearly, mm. well, it does. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've read the WWE rule book, and uh, and it turns out no, it does matter. No, very much so. Um, and that's just that's just one example. Um, mm. Really good. There's, there's very little neg- well nothing neg- negative to say about that promo. Really, no. I'd, I'd suggest people actually seek it out and watch it. I'm, I don't know about it will be on YouTube, obviously, but I don't know, I've looked on PW Insider, they've got a link to just that promo. So, mm. it's, yeah, that's usually a sign that something's going down well. Yeah. Um, and the segment from there followed on very nicely to the uh, to Daniel Bryan coming out, um, along with... Um, David Otunga. David Otunga and Laurinaitis and, and, AJ. and AJ as well, who does a damn good job of just sort of standing in the background and, and yet somehow being significant to storylines. Um, she seems perfect for that role. She's, you, it's, no matter how much she's involved with the heel, it's very hard not to feel sympathetic towards her because she is smaller than most cats. Yeah, she is very small. I did notice that. It's um, insane. I'm not sure how or when it happened. I'm pretty sure we didn't even cut to a break, but by magic, Santino Morella and Teddy <laughs> Long appeared yeah, at the announce table. I can only assume they were standing underneath the announce table for the entire time. Um, I'm not in any way... Probably crying to. <laughs> I'm not standing underneath the announce table. not huge. AJ could have. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I think that mostly because I can't think of any other way than getting there, and also Michael Cole had a very big smile on his face for, for the most of the first part of the show. Oh, God, I'm funny. Um, <laughs> uh, if that's double our viewership, nothing will, and I mean nothing will. <laughs> viewership, <laughs> listenership, surely. Listenership. Either, I'm not sure either word is entirely applicable in this case. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the match was great. Um, it was a, it was for me a perfect TV match in the sense um, they actually, for one thing, protected both guys. We didn't get a clean finish, which usually is considered a negative when reviewing wrestling shows. But for God's sake, it's champion versus champion. The belt to WrestleMania, neither guy should be losing. Um, I, I'm very surprised to see them making as much of an effort to protect Daniel Bryan as they are. It's good to see, um, and the, they also managed to sort of cram in the. The Sheamus feud. Oh yeah, the Sheamus feud yep. got got in there, which is great, and also the the Teddy Long, uh, Johnny Ace, 
uh, feud, which we know is going to lead to something at WrestleMania. We presume some sort of multi-man match. But they managed to get all of those things in, the silliness with Santino hitting the cobra on David Otunga in a way that didn't seem to detract from the action in the ring. The only thing that did detract from the action in the ring, of course, being the production team using yeah. to cut to the announce table because... But not, not only cutting to the next day, cutting to the announce table for several seconds at a time, cutting to another camera also filming the announce table, we got more and then cutting it back again. <laughs> what are they doing? That's um, weird. You, you, could, you can only assume that they feel that this TV match really, truly doesn't matter, and it's all about this Teddy Long feud. Uh, well, but, in terms of the build-up to WrestleMania, I think we all know it is. Um, you know, somehow you've got to, you've got to sell pay-per-views. You know, if WrestleMania doesn't do a million buys, it's, it's, it's a big problem. Shareholders um, are going to be revolting as a result of it. Um, and I'm pretty sure they'd get a lot of pressure from said shareholders for more Teddy Long. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's a minor thing. That, I mean, I, I kind of feel like when, when we're complaining about camera angles at the, produ- at the production team, then we are getting very much into the are we, are we taking this show too seriously kind of territory. But it was odd. It, and it, yeah, it was excessive. They, they cut away a lot at wrestling shows, and I do, you know, I do sort of shout at the television what are you doing? Cut back to the match. We were here to watch the match. We, we can hear the commentary. You don't have to see the commentary. And I'm but you do have a two-two immediate to back up these kind of statements. Exactly. Um, and, but this was excessively long. But anyway, the, the match happened. The match was good. Uh, there was some shenanigans going on with the Cobra on David Otunga. The referee was distracted, and so was CM Punk. And Daniel Bryan was making his way off with a belt. Sheamus came back for him back in the ring. CM Punk got the pin, I think. Yeah, but then go to sleep. Yeah, no, sorry, he was going to get the pin, and, and then Larinitis comes in. Uh, I'm going to call him that because I can't pronounce Larinitis consistently. Uh, Johnny Ace comes in, calls it a disqualification. You know, a little hark back to the the Ace Punk feud, which mm. is fine, as well as making perfect sense and everything that's going on. It's good TV booking. Um, this was the opener in a TV show. I really don't need a clean finish anyway. Um, all good stuff. Punk quite wisely gets out of the way of all the nonsense going on in the ring, celebrates up on the ramp, best in the world, Jericho comes out, standard heel tactic. It's quite, a, quite a nice bump he took there from the body slam. I know it's only a body slam, but a body slam on metal exactly. is, is it looked nasty. nasty. Yeah. But you know, he took it well, he didn't you know, land like a sack of shit. He seemed to bump in the way that they teach them to. Yeah, it's um, almost, almost as if he, was, he did this for a living. It was just well, sometimes I see uh, <laughs> uh, him do like, things like his elbow drop, which to be fair, this week did look decent. That's what he's ever hit. But, he's been trained but sometimes you see him hit moves and you think, that looks like an untrained man hitting that move. Uh, so he took a nice bump from a body slam and got put in the walls of Jericho on the stage. All good stuff. So it's basically putting three matches, one would assume, one would assume that Teddy Long, Larry is going to end in something, hopefully not Teddy Long versus John Lambert. <laughs> but then again, I'm not entirely sure that I want... Uh, um, Santino versus David Otunga on pay-per-view. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, you know care. Let's have some sort of multi- a multi-man would be fine, you know, yeah. as always. It's about getting guys on the show for, for no other reason, for morale reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a good reason to do that, and by and as much as I joke about them involving Terry Long, and as much as I have complained at many times about uh, Johnny Ace's uh, well existence, um, <laughs> I think actually it, it gives a storyline reason for what would otherwise just be a throwaway how many people can we get on the show match? It makes perfect sense. Exactly. And there's, there's people like Christian, who I'm not sure if he's at full fitness, but um, 
he's not he isn't booked yet, so it no. gives him a potential match. It gives yeah. Mark Henry a potential match. It gives Santino deserves one. He got himself over recently with with, with that, which is which is which is great. Um, you know, it'll get guys the, the, the payday and it'll fill a spot on the show, and what I'm sure will be entertaining. Um, without being too heavily emotionally involved, because mm. as we talked about last week, there are a lot of sh- a lot of matches on this show that a crowd going to be em- emotionally involved in. Yeah, no matter how much you you like Teddy Long, you're not going to give that much of a shit. No. Um, <laughs> uh, and it would be nice to it would be nice to have a, a, a breather. You might not yeah. you know go to the stands or anything, and if you're watching at home, you might not think, oh, what's this? But you won't you won't need to exhaust yourself cheering someone on, unless you're a massive Christian mark like me, assuming Christians in the mm-hmm. match. And let's face it, we are. Yeah. So yeah, that was the entire first time. I think around the first 25 minutes at this point, we're thinking this is one of the you know the best openings of Raw seen in quite some time. And, and credit where credit's due, it was. I think around longer than 25 minutes because we were at 18 minutes when the uh, the promo ended. Professional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Text. Excellent. The Raw general manager. Oh no, yeah, sorry, no, someone no. else. Let, let's go with it. Um, I've just heard word that uh, the angle coming out of Raw with uh, Teddy Long and Johnny Ace. Uh, that was announced on WWE.com the next morning is that they are going to be swapping shows next week. Oh, that, 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 that's why the rumours were, were, were abound that they wouldn't be in charge. Of Imagine what a difference that would make in a essentially post-brand brand split era. This week, Johnny, Johnny Ace is going to work on a Friday and Teddy Long is going to work on a Monday. That is a massive twist in that story. Um, anyway, following that very long and very excellent opening uh, segment, we got the what I thought was very well put together, Triple H Undertaker video, um, which I, I said to you at the time, I actually felt made me like last year's match a lot more than I did having watched last year's match. I now think last year worked better as a storyline build up to this year than it did as a standalone. Yeah, I did say that last, I said during the show that last year's WrestleMania was a great advert for this year's WrestleMania. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I really like to say, and I... At this point, I was thinking this is a good Raw because mm. there's so much talking and build-up to stuff. There's not been a great deal of wrestling, um, but to some extent, that's not really a problem. Well, when you're building be a great deal of wrestling this time. You, they're going to be asking people to spend, what, $400 on WrestleMania? This? I don't know how, what it costs on pay-per-view now. A ridiculous amount of money. It seems to go up every year, especially when it in HD, 3D, smell vision whatever they actually offer now. Um, you want people to spend that sort of money on wrestling? Don't fucking show them six weeks of, of, of wrestling for free in the build-up to it. No. Because um, all we're either going to get is the, the pay-per-view matches, but with uh, run-in endings, <laughs> or we're just going to get Justin Gable versus Jack Swagger again <laughs> and think, well, this doesn't make me want to buy a pay-per-view that doesn't have either of those men on. <laughs> why, why are you showing me this? I would argue in many ways that showing Justin Gabriel versus Jack Swagger would very much make me want to pay to see a show that they're not on. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh, but going by their match at Elimination Chamber, not entirely on course. No, not, that's in no way a criticism of either man's talent, but it is a criticism of either man's relevance yes. uh, to anything. At this stage, are we are we moving on to Jack Swagger? I think no, 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 no. You have unbelievably somehow managed to forget about the Kelly Kelly versus uh, whichever Bella twin that was. I that think you'll find. I don't forget, but I did make a cup of tea during that match, which I think mean, means I used exactly what it was there for. Very much so. You basically got as much out of that match as well Kelly Kelly and the Bella. Did. Yeah. Um, except you got a cup of tea out of it true. as far as I could remember neither of them did but the work was fine there was nothing wrong with it Kelly I actually think is 
well, there's been a lot of talk about how improved she is. I still think she's actually a little bit underrated in the ring, and I, I think she's actually very solid now. Um, still, you get the bits of a lot of her spots are a little bit convoluted, and she has one of the worst examples of what used to get called the uh, women's elbow smash. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was perfectly fine. It was everything you could possibly hope for from a two-minute Divas match involving a Bella Twin. Moving on, yeah, the tag match followed that. The an interesting, I can't remember. That. Have, I, have we ever seen a triple threat tag team match where three guys are in the ring at once? I think we probably have um, well, for some time. Certainly, usually they have the two men you can tag wherever you want. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think that, 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 that it probably was done in ECW. But sure, yeah. I, I can't. I can't say for certain it was. No. We haven't researched this enough to it to really be part of the content of this show. So moving on from that, but the match was a uh, triple threat tag team match. I was expecting to see lots of carbon copy people come out, like the Uso brothers, and uh, and I can't think of any others to be honest. The tag team division is so slim right now. Is but we've got tag teams I wasn't expecting. We've got a kind of makeshift tag team of. Um, Kofi and Kofi and R Truth, who I suppose they're trying to make into a, a fully fledged tag team now that Evan Bourne's gone. Yeah. Um, well, we're assuming he's gone. He's he's gone enough for his tag team partner to move on. Absolutely. Um, and the tag team that's managed by Vicky Guerrero, Jack Swagger, and Dolph Ziggler, who are at the moment, to be honest with you, no one cares about the US title that Jack Swagger's gone. Yeah. So they may as well be a full time tag team. Absolutely. I'd like to put a question to you. Does WWE need tag team wrestling? And not even does it need it, obviously it doesn't need it and it could exist without it, but does presenting us with tag team wrestling add anything? I know that you've got, you, you then have like a, a slightly different match, but will any more people watch the show because it's there? Will that retain any fans? I don't know whether it's the case. You know, Are we not just employing four people instead of two in a match? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly how WWE feel about it, and I think to a certain extent they always have done. They go through phases, as we all know, of these little bursts of, of strong periods. All I would say to that is you look at those strong periods of time in the, in, where WWE tag team divisions have been hot. Um, you know, I'm looking back to you know, when we were looking at the, the likes of The Rock as the Heart Foundation, etc., and looking forward from there to the Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys uh, era and the Dudley Boys era. Look at the singles wrestlers that have come out of those periods of time. If you're... What, does it make more sense to present somebody as legitimate and something for people to get behind within a tag team before they're ready to be really pushed um, to the top of a single star? Or does it make more sense to spend five years jobbing them to hell um, because they're not ready to be pushed as a single star and then suddenly turn it around and expect us to give them a rat's ass? When, yeah, when Edge and Christian being really good examples, uh, if you look at Edge in particular, um, any time that he was a singles wrestler earlier in his career, it was really clear he wasn't ready. Yeah. However, by the time he really did get pushed, he had a good three, four years of being in a situation where people genuinely cared about him. He was good enough to be a tag team wrestler, more than good enough. His performances mm. were spectacular. Um, when it then came to pushing as a heel, he had history. People knew who he was. People had got behind him. Tag team wrestling is, an op- is a way of, of getting young guys involved in a way that people give a shit about before they're ready for people to give a shit about them in any other way. I think it's an essential part of talent development. I also think it, has, uh, it adds a lot to the show in, in terms of what you alluded to before. It gives you something different to, to look at. Um, having thought about it and having had you present that, to me, I do think that people did buy 
pay-per-views to see Harley Boy matches. Oh, absolutely. They're, you know, the Harleys, are, I mean, to be fair, the Harleys are a little bit of a, uh, an exception to, the, to this rule, and that there are, and always have been, a very vocal minority of fans, mostly centred around the Carolinas, but basically mostly within a particular subculture, who would dis- will decide whether or not they're going to buy a show based on what Jeff and Matt Hardy were doing. That was the case for many, many years. Um, I don't think that was that was a, a big enough audience for it to be why those guys were involved, but they were certainly there. Mm. There were going to be guys. If you uh, if you heard if you heard, here was a pay per view that's going to be main evented by, uh, I don't know, Kane versus Steve Austin. Say, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, that probably wouldn't make me think I'm going to part with money. But if you also add into that a mm-hmm. triple threat tag team ladder match, yeah. Those tag teams are not too sure Michaels made the ladder match. So many people, yeah. so many times they've presented ladder matches to us since, and they've not had that same feel at all. No, maybe that's an overexposure of ladder matches and stuff yeah, like that. But, but I think that those tag teams made, kind of made it something mm. exciting. They did something more with it. And there haven't been tag teams to replace those. And I suppose because they haven't replaced them since then, really, mm. it's been so long that the idea that tag team wrestling could matter, could be more than just an additional mid-card title for uh, for people who happen to be twins or look enough like each other to pass <laughs> off as brothers, that, yeah, it, 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 I'd more or less forgotten about the fact that there was a time when that would be what I watched a pay-per-view to see Absolutely. as opposed to the main event. I mean, if you are going to have a mid-card that's going to help to sell tickets, do you want... Uh, What's more likely to sell tickets is what I'm trying to say. A tag team that is genuinely dominant um, has won titles and you know are a threat within their sport. Their sport is tag team wrestling. Um, Or The Miz, who for all of his talents, we have watched him, even when he was being pushed, lose and lose and lose again, usually in very quick fashion to John Cena, as happened again this week, which we'll get to. Um, No one's going to buy a pay-per-view to see a Miz match. And I think it would take a hell of a long, t- long time of rehabilitation for that to ever change. But, or, or a tag team partner. Cause he, or a tag team partner. <laughs> which he has proven he can, he can, have, yeah. uh, he can do well in tag teams. He just doesn't have any tag teams to wrestle against, usually. Um, I suppose that is akin as well to saying you could have this, these people who are excellent in tag team matches in your mid-card and, and are dominant in that particular area. Or we can see someone defend a mid-card title, which everyone's as eligible for as the world title, but just choose not to wrestle for because it's not as good. Because they're not good enough. Yeah. People who are less good at their sport. Yeah. When tag team wrestling was presented correctly, you, you, you believed the tag team champions were the best in the world. Um, you would, you know, there was a time when there was an argument of if you put the world champion and the, well, the two world champions together against the tag champs, that was a genuine um, contest because you had the two most talented wrestlers in the world, but they didn't have the same sort of tag team experience, etc. Yeah. There's a way of presenting that. Nowadays, the tag team champions are Epico and the other Primo. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, have they ever won a match against anyone in any circumstance? How did they come to have these titles? I'll wait there, I know, because Evan Bourne got done yeah, for being on drugs for the second time. I assume, weeks. you know, they bought them off Evan Bourne for a bag of weed or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, also, I suppose it's been a long time since we've been presented a tag team that, that look the part uh-huh. in, in that the Legion of Doom look like they probably could take on Hulk Hogan and the yeah. Ultimate Warrior, whereas... Imagine, you, are, you want to know a tag team where can sell pay-per-views. Imagine if they'd actually booked that. 
Exactly. For a SummerSlam main event. That would, that would have been ridiculous money. Exactly. Um, now we tend to get people who are flyers in tag teams. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of flyer tag teams because they're almost like they're trying to recreate the Hardys, yeah. I suppose. They probably, they'd probably see a tag team like the, the Legion do and go, well, we can't put you in a ladder match. Um, <laughs> so that's not going to work. Uh, and the only thing that they do occasionally do is stick someone with the big show. And yeah. that's just not the same. It's not the same, but it is literally as good as it's got in recent years. And I will take that over the, the, reason, the, the, the problem I have with it is it kind of goes against what you said about it being a good starting position for those who aren't ready. Mm-hmm. Because Big Show has been world champ- champion multiple times. Yeah. Your opinion as to whether or not he's ever been ready is yeah. up, to, up to you to decide. I'm a Big Show fan, actually. I'm a big show fan, but I don't think I'm ever seen him have a five-star match. If you know what I mean, I think that he's no. he's there to. It's the same way that you know Andre and stuff. They're there to look dominant yeah. and to scare people mm-hmm. and to give the good guys someone undefeatable to beat. Mm-hmm. Big Show goes into tag teams. I think it's exactly the same theory as with young guys who aren't ready. Though Big Show goes into tag teams because at his size, you really do not want to have Big Show lose. If you're booking, you have Big Show lose and the aura is is defeated. But he's not... He becomes visceral. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, you cannot push him as unstoppable all the time because he'd be the world champion all the time and he's not that marketable in that sense. You know, the, it's not... No, people but that does, that that does lead me to question like, how um, Andre was around so long. Oh, it's a very well, a different era. People were, more, people were legitimately amazed to see a bloke who was really fucking big. Um, secondly, he wasn't around in WWE that much because he, he, was, he was, went through every territory. He wouldn't stay in any one place for, any, for more than a, a couple of months at a time. Um, his, his run in WWE was way past his best, as we all, as we all yeah. know anyway. And even then, it wasn't, he certainly wasn't turning up on Raw and SmackDown every week because they didn't exist. You know, he, yeah. To see an Andre the Giant match on television against anyone other than Jobber number C yeah. yep. uh, versus Jobber letter 4 um, and some sort of handicap match um, was incredibly rare. Um, big Show wrestles weekly. Yeah, it's not the same thing. So you put him in a tag team and suddenly he can look incredibly dominant again. You can have him lose by having his partner get pinned. Mm. Um, you can protect him in a lot of ways. You know, tag team wrestling just gives bookers more options, more things to, to do and to play with that aren't basically putting guys out there to fail, mm. which I think is what booking does way too much nowadays. Mm. Um, it's not even worth going into coming up, you know, looking at examples of, of guys who have built up some momentum and then just had it taken away because it happens so often now. Mm. And I don't think that's down to, oh, the creative team are idiots necessarily. I think and the current model they're working with, it's almost unavoidable. You can't have everyone win. Mm. Someone's got to lose. Um, and, and I suppose when you're not presenting TV shows the way they used to, like yeah. the superstars and and uh, early rules where they used to have no names come yeah. in and, and, and lose, and yeah. some degree, uh, do you think off. that? But I, they they would switch off. But I still, I miss it absolutely. I'm, yeah, I miss it. And even when I, I've been watching Superstar, I've basically got a new television package, and it provides me the opportunity to watch uh, Superstars and wrestling again. So. This um, is the part of the show that's really going to get people involved. We're going to hear about new television package now. Well, but oh, basically, yeah. I can see, I can see <laughs> wrestling again, and I can see yeah. superstars, and I've been watching superstars, and it's it's not what I expected it to be. It's mm-hmm. basically NXT Mark Two. <laughs> I've I've got 
a bunch of those people that I go, oh yeah, you, you wrestle for WWE. <laughs> people who, if you use the tag champs, for example. Yeah, but then there's people on it who you, if you watched SmackDown and Raw every week, you, you'd have to have a long memory to remember some of the wrestlers that are on that. Absolutely. Like, I saw um, uh, Tyler Rex versus Mason Ryan um, with um, Kurt Hawkins on the outside of the ring. Good grief. And it, uh, for, for two big men running into each other, it wasn't a bad match. And I expected uh, Kurt Hawkins and uh, Tyler Rex to be one of the tag teams that came out, but they weren't, luckily. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we got, though, was... Well, listening. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but why it's lucky is because we actually got two teams that have some sort of legitimacy to them because of their single yeah. runs. And, and you actually think, well, the tag team ch- champions are in trouble here. We both assumed that the tag team titles... Were completely assumed we were getting a title change. Otherwise, why are we suddenly getting the, the primos? What are they? The, the colognes. My God, I literally cannot remember the names of the, yeah. the tag, tag team champions. Jesus. Why the hell are we getting the Colognes on, on, on Raw um, on a week where the Rock's back? Yeah. Um, well, are we going to get the belts off them to build to something for Mania? Well, it would be difficult to get the belts off them because we weren't aware they were wearing them until they were in the bloody ring. Well, but they were wearing ponchos that covered them up. That's true. They were wearing ponchos because you need to know that they're Latin American. And that's what all Latin American people wear. Absolutely, because the people in Latin America are simple folk. But I can only assume they're wearing, the main reason they're wearing the poncho, I think, was to cover the tag team titles because they are ugly as sin and need they to be changed awful. as soon as possible. They're, if you had a gladiator theme running throughout your company, fair <laughs> enough, but, but to <laughs> just... Just think about that sentence in isolation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be fair enough? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, but the, the belts, they look ridiculous, in my opinion. They look like big... English two pence pieces <laughs> with two gladiator helmets. It's also but very hard to call them belts when the top of them reach most people's nipples. Exactly. They're fucking massive. Unnecessarily so. It doesn't make them any more important for them to be big. Also, aren't they basically bronze? Yes. I mean, doesn't that just to me say third place at best? Exactly. They've done it. They've done it right. The tag team champions for a while, when they were known as the undisputed tag team titles, had got two gold belts each. Yeah. And I'm sure they were ecstatic when they got to be swapped for um, two bronze shield nicked from the set of fucking Hercules. Yeah, but they are horrible. The match itself, I thought, was entertaining, quite good. And Anything with Dolph Ziggler in is entertaining. Just to watch him bump around. It, it looks like he's, he's just having a laugh. The man just really likes falling over in creative ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, people have compared him to people like uh, Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Mr. Perfect you know, looked like he meant to do his bumps have been compared to Shawn Michaels, yeah. he's been cared, compared to Billy Gunn, but people are missing the comparison. That's, that's a weird triumvirate of comparison. Yeah. Well, I'm going to add a weird one. People <laughs> do, haven't compared him to um, Pat Patterson. But if you go back and watch Pat Patterson matches from the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. watch him bump. Yeah, really? he, he's like a rubber ball. <laughs> he, just, he just spends the whole match flailing and falling over. Um, and he, he does it probably with a little bit more panache than... <laughs> that happened is, <laughs> but it's it's very similar. The man is just rebounding on things. <laughs> I've never seen anyone take a bump off of a monkey flip on their. I think it was his right shin. Yeah, He was he was clearly going for his uh, patented. I ripped this off uh, <laughs> John Morrison uh, <laughs> face bump off a monkey flip. But whatever, he was bouncing around like a nobody's Great business. Fun. You mentioned Shawn Michaels. Um, uh, yeah, comparison to his bumping style. It, uh, Specifically I, against Hulk Hogan. That's exactly where I was going. It's like if you took um, Shawn Michaels' ridiculous 
ridiculous piss-taking bumping against Hogan and did it against the entire roster, you'd have Dolph Ziggler. Exactly. And um, it's good to watch. It is good to watch. But surprisingly, we didn't get a title change. No. Um, but it was a good match. And by having them beat these, you know, four individually very good wrestlers, mm. what you've done is you've done that thing that you were talking about where you go, they're singles wrestlers and they're not as good at this particular sport as you. Mm-hmm. And that's great. They then had every one of the match chokeslammed by Kane who then walked off without explaining why he'd done it. Yep. Um, and so in fact, the commentators barely even seemed to notice the match had ended in the first place. So selling that idea of the tag team specialists winning didn't happen. No. Um, it could have been done but they chose happened. to put over Kane who... At faced. some point in the production process, I presume that was the goal. And then... That was probably. So I, I, I would. I'm completely making this up, but I'm guessing someone you know who is responsible for booking, writing, whatever that particular segment had that in mind, and then another writer had the bit uh, wanted Kane to come out and kill people um, in a continued attempt to make us all forget that that Kane scene if you'd ever happened. Um, and you combine the two together, and neither make any sense. No, for me, if you're wanting to do that with Kane, you have Primo and Epico win. They see Kane, they flee. Yeah. Kane takes advantage of the prone wrestlers in the ring yep. who have the excuse that they were already dazed. Because Primo and Epico, they've won the match. They are hopefully in a better state physically than the other wrestlers mm. because they have won, so you think they'd be left beat up. And Kane's entrance is not fast. <laughs> Kane's pyro goes off. Well, the lights go off at first, so you'd be thinking, shit, it's Kane or The Undertaker. His pyro goes off, you go, oh, it's Kane. Surely by this point, you, you're, you're in, the, in the stands, you've run off. Don't even run, walk, sign autographs on the way, <laughs> buy a CM Punk ice cream bar, <laughs> literally fucking wait for someone to produce a CM Punk ice cream bar, buy one, eat it. And then Kane should probably be in the ring by this point, just yeah, about your opponent. But, but there isn't, it just seems little point to spend that raw wrestling time to put over two wrestlers that no one cared about beforehand, get them over to some degree by beating legitimate opponents and then just have them killed again. Yeah. And I think one of them, Primo or whichever it was, um, <laughs> saw Kane, got, uh, Kane got halfway down the ramp and I'm supposed to believe that his, the, his logical thinking was, I know, I'll run out of the ring and attempt to attack Kane yeah. uh, for no particular reason. At this point, Kane hadn't specified that he was going to hit anyone. Not in the least, no. It's, you know, if anything, uh, Primo is coming across as the heel there. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's a little unfair on Kane. Kane might have just wanted to be friends. Exactly. Uh, but the next thing I've got on my list of things that happen on Raw is, is the word horse's ass. Yeah, horse's ass. That was the, that was the Teddy backstage segment between um, Teddy Long and uh, Johnny Ace where Teddy Long burst into his office Johnny, and Johnny Ace said, get out of my office, to which Teddy said, I don't want to be in your office. <laughs> At which point I, I sort of lost focus until Teddy called Johnny a horse's ass. Yeah. And Basically, I started chanting it, which I thought was fantastic. It was fantastic. Basically, he went into the office to say, I've heard a rumour that you're not going to be um, running Raw next week. He mm. said the same to you, but obviously replacing Raw with SmackDown. Presuming um, the anonymous GM told one of them, and the guy who used to run GTV told the other. Yeah, and so they've heard this rumour yeah. uh, on the grapevine, uh, and, then, and then he said, well... I don't know if he said, this isn't a rumour, you're a horse's ass, or I've heard a rumour that you're a horse's ass. Um, Either way, he called them a horse's ass, and you know, I am fully behind that. Exactly, and horse's ass is trending on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, There's not a lot more to say about that segment, really, is there? It was, it was fine, it was what it was. No, it, 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 it was what it was. Um, I was going to say, there was quite a bit of, probably, I don't know, C-grade swearing on, on, yeah. this, on this week's Raw. Almost kind of 
Uh, I'm a bitch, you know. Yeah, I would say that they, they went, they stepped over PG this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think, oh, they're going back to not being PG. They are still PG. It's just a further example of them not understanding. I don't know. Is bitch not PG? I mean, you know, we look at, oh, God, this, this could turn into a really boring conversation. We get into the nature of... of swearing of ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, 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 you, I mean, you do have the two-two in media production, so you know better than I do. Well, horses, ass, and bitch. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think most parents would want their, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds going out and calling um, people horses, ass, and, and, and bitch. And the parental guidance is that parents' job to, set, to to then not let them watch. With that argument, they could call each other cunt all day long and just, <laughs> and just have their, let their mother say, "But don't you go around saying that, little Jimmy?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we both agreed on that. Yes. They, sh- they should call each other cunts. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what we've decided. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, but horses after segment, that we've done that. Yeah, uh, the Eve stuff. Oh. oh, phenomenal. We talked about it. Do we have to... I'll, I'll be saying, if, say, the first thing you should do if you, want, if you don't want to watch the whole show but you want to get some you know, snippets, I'd say, first of all, watch the CM Punk-Jericho uh, interaction before their match. Then go and watch the Eve thing, and then compare or contrast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, everything we said about Punk and Jericho being, you know, two guys shooting from the hip, if you like, and and just taking things, letting things un- un- unroll organically, mm-hmm. um, and how much better that is than someone who clearly isn't made for the role you're putting them into. And by role you're putting them into, in this case with Eve, I mean in front of a camera um, and being allowed to open your mouth. Um, yeah, she, she's not good. She's just not, no. She's no. not good. She, she was perfectly good in her babyface role of, you know, smiling, looking pretty, and uh, even vaguely sympathetic at times, and that was pushing it. Um, but, God, now we're supposed to buy this character. And the other thing, the, my biggest problem is, I, where the hell is it going? What, what are they hoping for with this? Is this a feud with Beth? Is this a feud with Kelly? We got the, the segment, the, the Clash of the Titans, in terms of acting ability, uh, followed up with uh, Kelly <laughs> said... Uh, well, I can almost remember the exact wordage she used. Wordage. Uh, and she asked Eve, you know, what's up? You used to be, we, we used to hang out and all that. And mm-hmm. now it's like you're a different person. Uh, what's up with you? It's like you've changed and all that. I think she used the phrase and all that at least four times. Or not at all. Or not at all. It's one of those. Yep. Or a different number. Uh, it was bad. Yeah. That's proof that Kelly doesn't watch the product. Because um, <laughs> you would realise that yes, she has completely changed. Mm-hmm. She was lying. Yeah, that's that, that's what's up with that. And then the the hilarious moment where the camera turns slightly, we noticed that Alicia Fox was there. Yeah, um, not sure why. Um, I to prove how tall she is. I think could be. She. Wasn't I, I, think she might even, I think she might have said something, but I gave so little of a shit <laughs> that it all just kind of, you know, went over my head. Yeah, I thought ooh, her hair is very red. That's mm. yes. you know, good stuff. Yeah, they're selling some, something there. Tune in next week, find out if her hair is red as you originally thought. Yeah, it is. Good. Well, I to tune in. That's a relief. Uh, but no, it's a complete waste, and it does make you think, oh, fuck me, we might get Kelly Kelly versus Eve Torres at Romania, not Karma versus Beth Yeah, Phoenix. I don't want to see anything involving the Divas division right now that doesn't lead to Beth versus Karma at WrestleMania. I've got no interest in anything else because that would be so far ahead of anything else. The only other diva that I, you know, slightly cared about was, um, at, at this moment in time anyway, is Beth Phoenix's tagging partner. Uh, oh, oh the, 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 yeah, exactly. And they've completely ruined any interest I've had in her by giving her, I would say, 
And I know, and I know this is a statement, but the worst gimmick <laughs> ever. It re- um, yeah, I've had the same thoughts. You know, there have been some pretty bad gimmicks over the years, but the gobbledygook it made no sense. But <laughs> at least he wasn't farting. Well, at least at least he had to show his actual face. Yeah, yeah, there's an advantage to that. I mean, I can't find any link between a woman who suddenly has developed some sort of health problem that includes uh, flatulence. I mean, are we? Is this leading somewhere? Has, has she got bowel cancer? Well, no, she's not. It isn't a symptom of, of, of any it cancer. It's not a symptom no. of any cancers or any illnesses. Some people are flatulent. I am flatulent, yeah. and I've looked into any sort of cure. There is none. Some people are just flatulent, and and I am quite a flatulent person. And never once in my life have I thought, oh, this is a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, this is a gimmick they can get over. I absolutely. fart yeah. quite a bit. Absolutely. You know, that's, that, that is the sort of character point that is going to make people think, oh, do you know, I fart sometimes too. Do you I can relate to you. Uh, do you reckon WWE just sat there and we haven't really shown how much we hate women recently. <laughs> we haven't, Which we is haven't, not necessarily true. No. But yeah, we, ha- we, we haven't massively degraded any women. We mm. haven't made any women look or feel stupid about themselves in oh, minutes. minutes. <laughs> Why don't we have her, you know, well, that one there, the one who's legitimately talented mm. and got a reason for people to care due to her lineage. Mm. Uh, why don't we make her smell? <laughs> we make her smell, she will definitely not get over. Mm. It's almost like they do it on purpose, and I know it's been said before. Yeah. Has, she, has she done something to deserve a punishment? Is what, you know, I don't know if it's a punishment as much as we know Vince McMahon's sense of humour. Oh, it, it is awful. You know, it's, if she'd agreed to wank off a horse on live television, he'd definitely have her done Undoubtedly. Uh, but she I wouldn't show a nipple, so it no. would be all right. Well, and to be it. fair, it would be up to the parents to say, no, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what essentially happened was at some point in the last few weeks, Vincent Mann finally stopped giggling about the Dr. Heine skit from a few years ago, and this was always going to be his next thing. It, should have, it just should have happened in 2006, is he hadn't going to actually take a breath. Well, that's why he's been on telly for so long, because he's been laughing like fart. Yeah, exactly. He came up with his idea quite some time ago. Um, unfortunately, the, the Chris Benoit scandal um, uh, stopped him from being able to... It was, Chris, it was actually meant to be Chris Benoit's next <laughs> It would have been, it would have been fine, yeah. The uh, the rabid and unfortunately flaxen Wolverine, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's awful. Anyway, yeah. So the stuff, bad, very, very bad, um, and it's going to get worse. We know that because Kelly Kelly's going to have to wrestle them. Kelly 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 might be okay. Well, I would say Kelly Kelly's solid enough, and I think Eve, possibly with. I think she had that map. Didn't, wasn't she the one who had the glam slam done off the top rope onto her? Yeah, probably. She, she's capable of being carried to a good match. Mm. But Kelly Kelly is not, in my opinion, capable of carrying yeah, Eve Torres to a good match. It's not a great match, but anyway, it's not going to be anywhere near the Kelly Beth series from sort of middle, middle to late of last year. But, it, you know, it's going to be... If it's a choice of those two opening their mouth and speaking or wrestling, um, fuck me, put them in a 60-minute Ironman match, you know... Just don't do it. Well, no, do just don't do it on camera. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I don't mind them talking not on camera. (laughs) (laughs) If we can have that entire feud uh, occur in a dressing room somewhere, well, just just write it up on (laughs) WWE.com. What happened? 
on WWE.com or, or near WWE.com. <laughs> Give it to the guys who work in WWE.com for them to read, <laughs> presuming they've done something wrong <laughs> to deserve it. Yeah. We've spent too long talking about this. What was the next... Um, the next thing was the the bit that um, just made me have to roll my eyes and laugh, really. The Big Show Sheamus versus Rose and Henry match. It made you laugh. It made me cry. Yeah, pretty much. I've done my crying for the career of Mark Henry. I've mourned it. It's dead. It's buried. You know, the, the Hall of Pain has officially closed. Um, it's in mothballs. Nothing short of a, a, a Muppet telethon is going to get it opened again. Uh, I, I've made my peace with that. I can now just sit back and enjoy the ludicrous, just painfulness of it. Um, I like the opening bit with uh, Cody Rhodes' goofy um, video package towards Big Show's embarrassing Re- WrestleMania mo- moments. Um, it also reminded me how damn good the, the Floyd Mayweather uh, angle was. That was an absolute blueprint for how you should do a celebrity angle, um, especially when you have to put over the, the celebrity and do it without sort of really hurting Big Show. I do find that it's easier to get a celebrity match over when the celebrity is a legitimate Fighter, yeah, that doesn't rather than at least an athlete. Exactly. Well, well even then, you know, I could, you can imagine going, "Oh, he's a polo player. He's quite well known in such and such a country. We'll put him in a match with the Big Show because we've got fuck all for the Big Show, and he thinks he doesn't mind being made to look ridiculous at WrestleMania." But Aki Bono, who exactly was that for? That match for, who, for whose benefit? I did say an athlete. Would we, would we class Aki Bono? <laughs> I think that bastard's a professional wrestler as well. But no, we're not going to have him in a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Aki Bono's wrestling matches? They're all awful. Oh, God's sake, let them push each other. Exactly. That's exactly what we want. We want Big Joe and an Aki being pushed out of a ring. <laughs> that, yeah. That's why I bought the pay-per-view. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, Shawn Michaels kind of angle. Forget it. I want to see Big Joe getting pushed out whilst wearing a nappy. Anyway, the, the match. Um, well, it wasn't a match, really. Cody Rhodes, quite amusingly, doing the classic heel thing of... Uh, Tanging out immediately, bringing Mark Henry and running off. The thing is, Mark Henry got beat up by the Big Show before he could get through the ropes. Yeah. Uh, then got a massive sharp flying shoulder bar, which they referred to as a spear, but it wasn't. It was a flying shoulder mm-hmm. tackle. Uh, he got out of the... Code's running away. Big Show was looking at him. Shane said, Mark Henry's up. And Big Show ignored him, so he tagged himself in. And then he... I'll, with his I'll deal with it. I'll find... If someone has to beat Mark Henry, it might as well be me. It's not like they're doing anything else in terms of giving me any actual fucking storyline before my world title match at WrestleMania. I'll pin Mark Henry again. Uh, and, and, and that's what we've got. We've got Mark Henry getting in no offence, just <laughs> jobbing, completely jobbing. And he's in time like lying down. I mean, I know he's injured, but for the love of Christ. If he's injured, don't book him. Yeah, just tell people he's injured. I know. Because you are making someone who you've built up turn to history. The only thing I can think of are... The only reason he ever got to the standard that he got to was because Vincent Mann was adamant that this man gets over and wins the world title. Once it had happened, he no longer gave a shit. Or um, they, they just don't see this as harming him. I don't think that's possible, even for them. The man, <laughs> the man has just spent the last few weeks being completely jobbed out. He hasn't had a what? microphone in his hand. Uh, they, they, I suppose they could say... He's got injured again. He's basically a liability. Yeah. It doesn't matter how, however we get him or how well he does perform, he's always only three weeks away from getting yeah. injured. And therefore... I think that's a big part of it. It's a, it's a shame. It's a shame because I, I just don't think that there's any point in using him in that way. No. Because he becomes what, exactly what you said. Big Show 
try to avoid becoming by being in a tag team. Yeah. He, he just gets jobbed out. And, he can, and not only has he been jobbed out two weeks in a row, he's barely gotten any offence. His <laughs> matches have lasted two minutes, and, and, and it's just made him look completely weak. He's just, he's just been a very, very big Brooklyn brawler. Exactly. What, what, why, why, even, why put him in John Laminitis' little photo thing? Especially when they, they had him in the photo thing, but like he didn't want to be there. It's like, well, you're making him a bit rebellious, a bit of a loner still, um, but he'll. Why not just not have him involved in that storyline? Yeah. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. I don't suppose they... I suppose he does after the year he's had to deserve a WrestleMania payday, so I hope they, they, they put him in a match, but I can't see him doing anything other than job. one thing Mark Henry doesn't need to worry about is paydays. True, a million a year for ten years before he knew what he was doing. That's fair enough, fair point. Um, I suppose he got what he deserved before he deserved it. Well, quite, yeah. And, um, and then some. I think when it comes to Mark Henry, um, you're going to look back on his career, and for the most part, it was the storyline about him being unfulfilled potential was a shoot. Um, it always was. He got, but he did in the end get this six-month period, or however long it was, certainly less than a year, sadly, where he was the best kick-ass heel in the business. Um, never thought I'd see it, um, but it happened. It was great. I liked it to have gone longer for whatever reason. It's not going to. Um, you're not going to get it back now. Or if you do, it's going to be a watered-down version of, of what it once was. And it's a damn shame. It's just a shame for them to go through all the trouble of actually getting him to that point mm. and then making him appear worse than he did when he was siding with D'Lo Brown, for example. <laughs> he's, 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 I don't remember him back then jobbing in two minutes in a tag team match where he was almost unconscious before he entered the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, that's... Well, again, we, we're talking about this too long. Um, what yeah. happened after this? That we are already well over an hour. Really? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's, we'll just briefly say it. Anyway, The Rock came out. He did a promo. That was it. <laughs> uh, we do get to talk about it much, do we? The Rock coming back? Rock uh, Cena? Yeah, well, uh, the throwaway segment. Yeah, whatever. It was what it was. You know, The Rock. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I do feel like, in all honesty, the guy has some sort of charisma. Um, it's just a case of, of bringing it out, um, and I think he'll do fine. For those who can't uh, sense the sarcasm in, in the statements being made, and you know, that's the wrong show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the Rock came out, he has got charisma, um, and he does have the audience seeing out of his hands, which makes you wonder why he has to resort to saying things like bitch. Um, you know, I, I'm not particularly offended by the word bitch. I don't really care if they swear on television or not. I just think if you're going to be PG, be PG. I don't think being PG harms anything. I think that The Rock could have got over without saying boots to asses or any of that stuff. But, you know, he's choosing to. Um, I don't really think that his promo really said anything. I, I, think, no. I think it was meandering and rubbish, to be honest. It was, it was good in that the crowd were into him, but the crowd would have been into him if he had just come out there, pulled his pants down and curled one out onto the canvas. <laughs> he's The Rock, and they miss it. If he, I think if he was there week in and week out, they'd probably grow tired of this stuff to some degree. They did, they did with every run that Rock's ever had. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the version of history that I'm give you is the Rock came along and he was green as hell, people booed him, he became the Rock and became super popular for the next decade. Mm. That's not what happened. And every babyface run that Rock has ever had, um, he went through the period where people started turning on him a little. Mm. Um, he had, and that led to him having a fantastic heel run. Um, in 2003, uh, by sort of playing off of that. But the idea that The Rock um, is above the sort of staleness 
um, that every other guy is capable of is nonsense. You know, he's been he's been boot, got booed out of the building against Brock Lesnar in SummerSlam uh, mm. 2002. And the, and and, and the, the crowd loving him so much, they don't love him as much as they love Hulk Hogan, do they? No, no, quite exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, Hogan came out as a heel. Um, Hogan, who at that point had done nothing of any worth in the business in many, many years, and in fact had pissed all over his own legacy for quite a, quite a portion of it. Unlike Hulk Hogan, that. Yeah, very totally different. <laughs> I don't know what happened again. Um, yeah, uh, was absolutely babyface against The Rock. Um, so, no, he's not invincible. He does have the advantage of not being around very often. But what Maybe. frustrates me is that they're not turning that charisma that he has and that that ability to hold the crowd in the palm of his hand into having him holding his own against Cena's argument. At the moment, it is coming across as John Cena, who I actually don't agree with a lot of what he, with a lot of what he says in the sense that I think it's absolutely rock, the Rock's right to go to Hollywood because why the fuck wouldn't you? Um, this idea that he's turned his back on the WWE universe as if that's a thing and as if the WWE universe you know aren't allowed in cinemas is is ridiculous um, and quite childish. There's nothing that says if you are a wrestler you have to be for the rest of your life until you die at the age of 40, as if that's a good thing. Oh God, The Rock got out and had success outside of the business. Fuck off. When you look at the death rate in this, in this business, thank God somebody is. Mm. Um, however, when you, when you, you know, I can see the point of view that he, whether it's he as a person or as a character, has in terms of the frustration of being the guy that is there week in, week out. Um, the rocks sort of swanning back in and, uh, you know, talking about how much he loves the business. Well, then, you know, come and help us out. Ratings are down, you know. Mm. I see that. It's a legitimate point of view that can be turned into really, really interesting television. And then it's coming against the rock who refers to cereal and Chinese food uh, in, in insulting him and teases like he's actually going to make a point and then doesn't. No. Like when he was saying, you, you um, Cena insults people's intelligence by suggesting that anyone really thought The Rock, when he said, I'm never going away again, meant that he was never going away again, literally. Instead, he meant, he meant it in a, uh, in a metaphorical sense mm. that we can't quite put our finger on. What, <laughs> what do you mean? You're, ne- you're not never going away again. Well, I am literally going to go mm. away again, mm. but metaphorically, I'm not going... What? what? Well, you see, he means um, that he's never going to go away again, that he's always going to love the business. So... By saying he's never going to go away again, does that mean when he went away the last time he stopped loving the business that he's now saying he's always loved? It, it makes my head hurt to think about it. It, it, it simply doesn't have a comeback to it. No. So just says... Well, no, no, do you know what he does? I just gave the comeback. No, no, but no, he doesn't have it. You have the comeback. He doesn't have a comeback. If he doesn't have it, someone must have to be able to speak to him. Surely I cannot be the only person... I'm going to tweet the rock. Yeah. Fuck it. Next time John talks to you, say this. It's ridiculous, you know. Um, if, if, if we actually went down the route of The Rock standing up for himself rather than relying on the fact he can talk any bollocks he wants and people are going to side with him. And it's true. It doesn't matter what this feud is about. When it comes to WrestleMania, people are going to cheer him, not because he's invincible, but because he's against John Cena. Yeah. And, or even you could even look at it this way. People cheered Hulk Hogan against The Rock because it was Hulk Hogan and we hadn't had... Hulk Hogan for so long. We'd had Hollywood Hogan, obviously. Yeah. We hadn't had the red and yellow. We want people wanted that red and yellow Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. We haven't had The Rock in ages. No, we Rock thought he's had, a nostalgia. Yeah, right. exactly. He's a nostalgia. So people are going to be behind him and rooting for him. Um, 
But I did like what they did with the promo because it got, I think it got some people behind John Cena. Mm. Maybe maybe a little bit more people than yeah. before. Yeah. Um, so did me. Yeah. <laughs> it got, got me at home behind him. I think, in, I think in the crowd, the crowd reaction can be overstated because it's The Rock interacting with, with mm-hmm. that audience. Um, yeah. But the audience at home who are listening to what he's actually saying, to mm-hmm. see him as just meandering, not actually making a point and, and not saying his catchphrases yeah. until after the cameras stopped rolling. Um, but when John Cena came out, he, he made his point, he left, and then John Cena, not John Cena, and The Rock got in a muddle and just kept saying, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. The point is, and you know that the point is, when it comes down to it, um, I'm going to win. And I'm Dwayne yeah. Johnson and The Rock, same person. We yeah. know you're the same person. It was, it, that was a really, really interesting. I would genuinely like to, to, to know you know, exactly what was going on in that segment at the end there, because there were, you know, I mean, Cena kicked his ass. Yeah. Cena came out and completely kicked his ass. In that moment, John Cena was cooler than The Rock, he was younger than The Rock, he was, he, he was making more sense than The Rock, um, and it, he, either The Rock's a better actor than I realised, or he was genuinely rattled. Mm. Um, I don't know whether perhaps Cena wasn't supposed to come out. I, you know, I'm, I'm t- I think Cena was, possibly Cena was meant to come out and The Rock wasn't told beforehand what he was going to say. Yeah. Or maybe The Rock had gone too far with his Kung Fu, Kung Pao bitch thing. Because he said, he said Kung pa- you're a Kung Pao bitch a number of times. Then John Cena came come out and said, you call me Kung Pao chicken. Yeah. He didn't call you Kung Pao chicken. He said, look, they hit you with Kung Pao chicken and that you're a Kung Pao bitch. Yeah. Um, but John Cena wasn't saying bitch. He said penis, which was quite funny, but penis isn't a swear word. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. perfectly, there are a number of words that mean penis that are swear words, but he chose to go for the uh, And by using the, the, the for, for once, you know, it's usually John, ironically, it's usually John Cena doing what The Rock was doing, in, in, you know, the, rather than trying to make sense, just coming out with some ludicrous um, childish insult, mm. um, and that will do. And actually, by using the word penis, mm. um, came across as the grown-up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and really made The Rock look extremely silly. And it was a weird way to end Raw because there was this sense of... It was a little bit uncomfortable when The Rock was left in the ring there and, he, and you got to the big, the big catchphrase at the end. And, but it, it, something was wrong. And yeah. I, I like that. Yes. That was interesting. It was different. Um, I hope The Rock is smart enough um, and genuinely humble enough to, to go with that. Mm. When it came to being booed against Hogan, he was smart enough and humble enough to switch heel mm. and, and, know, and not try to fight against it. Um, he, I hope, uh, you know, from everything you've seen in his career, I like to think he will look back at the tape of that promo and see what arguably went wrong mm. and turn that into a positive because there's potential here now. This feud could get interesting mm. going forwards. I didn't, uh, I, didn't watch that feud, uh, I didn't watch that promo, rather, or that interaction and think, this is as good as CM Punk Jericho. It was good considering last week we spoke about how you had concerns that that wouldn't get the attention it deserved, and that that would be a you know second uh, or, or third to other things that were going on. Uh, well, the Undertaker Triple H team had a video package, mm-hmm. good video package, but a video package anyway. Um, and I think that they outshone, very invaded yeah. The Rock and his comeback. I think. People will look at The Rock's promo favourably because they will take into consideration crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which is a reasonable point. Yeah, but, but he could yeah. have come out and literally done anything. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it was like Jericho in the first few weeks when he came back. You know, Jericho was trolling the crowd for that very yeah. reason, knowing that no matter what, they're going to cheer me. Yeah. And damn if he hasn't done a damn fine job of turning them on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> because The Rock did a lot of stalling, and, it, and I was thinking, I wonder how long it would take The Rock to say nothing and do nothing for them to turn on him. Yeah. It, it, probably twice as long as Jericho. Uh, it, it, it was interesting, and it was interesting for the reasons that you've said, and, and because of what didn't work as much as what did work and it was interesting to see again for me I suppose there isn't a set heel and face in this but the general consensus is probably that The Rock is the good guy going in um, but The Rock really for me hasn't said anything that legitimises his argument because he hasn't really got one he could say I went because you know I didn't want I know this is a dangerous sport and it's a young man's game and I didn't want to be in it forever uh, and because there's other things that I would like to do with my life, such as be in movies. Doesn't mean I don't love wrestling. Mm. Um, but he doesn't say that. He says, well, he doesn't say anything to, to defend this. The, the, really. the only genuine, genuine points he has, and the only, the only sort of thing where he has his own perspective on, is that he is fighting for the people, as he puts it. Yeah. Um, because no matter how much they boo and say they are sick of what they get from John Cena, whether they're saying they hate John Cena or they hate the character as it's being portrayed, mm. John Cena comes out every week and gives them more of the same. Mm. And that's true. Um, whether you're somebody who just says Cena sucks, I'm paying my money, I don't want him on my TV anymore, or whether you're saying, for the love of God, do a heel turn so we can do something interesting with you, we're not going to get it. Um, and so if in terms of storyline purposes we're placing that blame on John Cena, the character, mm -hmm. The Rock can, you know, is coming back as the guy who's representing the people against that, as, mm -hmm. as the guy who is very much the anti-John Cena in that sense. He, he says things like bitch um, mm -hmm. when John Cena won't. Um, I know that's tenuous and, and childish, but from an audience's perspective, that's, that, that's a big difference, mm -hmm. you know, that for those who, who are sick of the PG aspect of things. Um, that, that's perhaps the perspective, and maybe he needs to be making more of that. Um, and going into really sort of like laying into Cena with the, this, what John, John Cena sees as standing up for himself can actually be seen as, as willful arrogance and mm. disrespect for your audience. Mm. I think Rock, Rock needs to step up his game. He does. For, you know, at the moment, Cena's owning him, and it, it probably won't matter in terms of crowd reaction, but when you look back on this feud, um, it, it's going to take a little bit of shine off of the Rock because mm. he's looking far from invincible. He's looking old as well. Oh, I mean, he looks great, yeah. but you know, he, and in actual fact, I think it suits him. I think we talked about this when he first came back. Yeah, he looks a bit more more rugged and like he can actually kick your ass. Yeah, rather than uh, tend to kick your ass and slap you in the face and then you know raise his eyebrow and do a dance and yeah. elbow drop near your arm. It is quite it's quite amusing that we're getting uh, the Rock versus John Cena. It's everyone like looking forward to it because the people who hate John Cena love the Rock, and I just look at them and think. The similarities there are <laughs> endless. The, the Rock and his endless cheesy catchphrases. Um, his obviously his in-ring stuff looks better, in mm. my opinion. The Rock and Rock's moves look a bit more polished. Um, yeah, uh, but it's smooth as silk. Exactly, yeah. and and John Cena isn't John Cena has moves that look a bit awkward a lot of the time, or well, a bit ready. Yeah, yeah, or a bit like. 
there's just certain things about it, especially the way he locks on his submission move. But then you look at the way the, the rock oh, locks on his sharpshooter, and it is awful. You look We've at I've seen his FTS this week on, on Miz, by the way. It actually looked good. I know, he's he, he has started, he has started doing it. He has started doing things. You know, it's taken him about five years of people whinging around it, but he has started to apply the move a bit better. But the, the rock sharpshooter is equally, if not worse, than, <laughs> than the STFU, or whatever they're calling it these days. Um, the rock has a move that requires him to bounce off the rope, jiggle a bit, and then hit an elbow. Mm. John Cena has a move where he bounces off the rope, jiggles a bit, and does yeah. a punch. So people boo that. It's yeah. the, the similarities are just so, so much there. Um, and as you said, I think that the rock, um, I mean, John Cena should bring up the fact that the fans turned on the rock, not only in his early life, but in yeah. 2003. It would be interesting. Quite a few other times, I think. It would be yeah. quite interesting for them to, to do that. Of that would require. Uh, a writing team that were there and remember 2003. Um, we, you know, I'm not saying that the, the people who write aren't fans, but that's the sort of it would also thing require them to get it past Vince, which yeah. is more to the point. But, if, but the thing is, they, they really should be trying to do stuff to make uh, so not necessarily Cena the the face here, but further Cena's points that he's got, mm-hmm. uh, and and think to the future because the Rock isn't going to be there after WrestleMania. Well, to, to, in, in many ways, I think, you, I think you do also have to protect the rock. And, and if you can keep the, the sheen on there, and if you want to think of it as the myth of, of the rock, then do so, because the rock is their ace. Um, you want, there aren't many guys who are going to... There aren't many guys left you can main event WrestleMania with uh, to, that's going to generate a million buys plus. Um, Sean's gone. Um, Taker is barely there. Triple H is barely there. Jericho comes and goes, but you know how many more runs has he got? Um, and even Jericho does he? Would he generate? No, Jer- yeah, exactly. Jericho, he, as great as he is, he's not a uh, he's not box office. No, great. Um, who is there left? You know, for the first time in ten years, we have something that's genuinely a dream match. When you look back to the you know, the era of the of the of when fans thought about dream matches, you know, Monday Night Wars, and you know, yeah. talking about Austin Goldberg, you know, Undertaker, Sting, um, all, all these matches that you never thought you'd really get to see. Well, you know what, Rock Cena is one. Whether or not you want to or not, depending on, it depends on what type of, type of fan you are. But they don't often get to do stuff like this. Mm. Um, there are very few opportunities left. And if Rock if Rock was involved for the WrestleMania 29 press conference and said he would at least be there. So whatever you think of it in terms of the morality of it for the guys who are there all the time, they want WrestleMania to, to, to have the, the shine that it is until they can build mm. enough new stars to be able to do it themselves. Being able to call on The Rock once a year mm. is a big deal. And if, and if The Rock does pull in some of those Attitude Era fans who've gone mm-hmm. and they see someone like maybe CM, CM Punk, Punk and, and think, I'm interested in seeing more of this, then that is good. Well, well yeah... yeah. Opportunity you put on Punk versus Rock next year. Mm. You know that's that's a big match. Orton versus Rock, I enjoy seeing. Mm. You know my dream, my absolute dream match, my all-time dream match. We won't get it because I genuinely believe he is retired. But if if they j- actually put on Michael's Rock one year, that's the dream match to end all dream matches. And in, in terms of uh, it, then uh, having the quality to, to match the hype, it would have it more than any other, I believe. Yeah. Um, Having the rock around is, is a big deal, and if he if he does lose that that lustre, if you, if you want, then that isn't that stops being a big deal. Survivor Series didn't sell, no, um, and that shows you don't promote the rock properly. Just having him come out and wave, um, having him exist, people will watch watch Raw to see that. Mm. They're not going to pay forty dollars plus 
to mm. see The Rock just do anything. They can pay $10 and go to the cinema to see him in a film for an hour and a half. Mm. And whatever you think of The Rock's films... Um, they're better than his tag match against uh, <laughs> our, our troops. Yeah, they're better than seeing him against a team who just lost to his tag team partner on his own the week before. Yes. Um, you've got to use him right. And if they throw that away, there isn't much left to throw away afterwards. Mm. Good point. There were other things that we had planned for this podcast. I'm not sure that uh, we've got time for them, considering we have overran our allotted hour. I say allotted as if there's anything stopping us going longer. The network is very By by 25 minutes and 25 seconds at the moment. Um, In many ways, that's that's almost 50% extra free. Yep. Um, Do you want to answer any of these questions or uh, um, comments that we had? I say comments that we had, questions I made up. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I can honestly say I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm going to go with yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm basically talking about the comments that we've discussed uh, very briefly outside of this podcast, you know, ideas for topics to talk about. Um, I had a few written down. Uh, I just trying to think of anything in here that could be brief. We could just go with the top things about wrestling at the moment. Um, We've got a list of a fair few that we want to discuss, but... Should we do one each? Let's, let's do one each. You can the idea behind this segment, if we can you know, generously call it that, is that um, you know, the rest of the media tends to be very negative, and a lot of what we say in these podcasts is probably at times going to be negative, um, because it's very difficult to analyse something you care about without going down that road. There's um, also an idea that wrestling ain't what it used to be, and there are many good arguments for that, but... We wanted to talk about the fact that there are a lot of things to be grateful for um, when it comes to the wrestling industry nowadays. Um, as we don't want to get into anything too uh, long-term or that's likely to lead to you know, any, any arguments, I just want to start with my first pick. Uh, I think it's a very good time to mention the fact that Ring of Honor is 10 years old this year. Happy birthday, or happy birth year, happy or birth. happy anniversary, or whatever it is, Ring of Honor. Absolutely. Uh, they've... To be still around when you're an independent company for 10 years, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't keep up with ROH as much as I used to. Um, I used to kind of be a bit more interested when there were wrestlers in it that I really cared about, like CM Punk and mm-hmm. Samoa Joe and, uh, and AJ and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm sure there's just as many good people there. I've just, I've just, it's just, there's so much wrestling about at the moment <laughs> that it's very difficult for me to. to Keep up with everything with WWE having as many shows as they do and TNA being on free television in England. It's you know you, you kind of have your fill to some degree. Mm. I said to some degree possibly twice in that sentence. Um, if anyone is playing the drinking game, I can definitely pass out and stop listening around about the one hour mark. <laughs> um, but when I was paying attention to it, I believe it was turning a profit, which is mm-hmm. saying something when you've got a wrestling promotion and you're actually paying your wrestlers to oh, still yeah. actually be to, to be turning a profit that's impressive I'm not sure if that's stopped or if, or if it's kind of well no the, the most recent thing for them is of course selling to uh, Sinclair of course um, a legitimate television company with actual channels and, and you know employees <laughs> an actual real to goodness company Ring of Honor is no longer an independent wrestling promotion if you look at it as a business mm. Ring of Honor is a television product um, that's part of a wider and bigger uh, media company. Mm. Um, they have a stability, as far as we know, yep. of course, um, that was never there before. Mm. And to survive for 10 years, as you said, and not only to survive for 10 years, but to 
never, I, I'm not aware of there ever being any major stories of them not being able to sort of pay talent, um, checks bouncing, you know, any of this kind of stuff. Uh, and so not having a massive oil company behind them, keeping <laughs> them afloat. No, absolutely. Um, shows not being cancelled. You know, they've been a well-run company for 10 years, despite working essentially as a farm league um, for, the, for the big guns as well. They, all the guys you just mentioned, they've lost everybody they've ever got over. And not only do they lose them, they are comfortable with losing them. Mm. They've taken the, the, the idea, since, since Gator Wilson was Booker, you know, he used to say, if, if a guy leaves and goes to WWE or TNA, it looks good for Ring of Honor because we made them. Um, and that's the philosophy they've always had. Um, it's changed a little bit now. They have to put contracts in place because they have TV and, and internet pay-per-view to think about. But for the most part, that's always going to be the case. And every single time, every guy they lose, whether it's Joe, Punk, Styles, uh, Homicide, McGuinness, uh, any guy that's come through, uh, Austin Aries, Austin Aries, who eventually went back and then left again, uh, the guy who became Evan Bourne, Matt Sardell, there we go. Yeah. Um, whoever it is, and I'm, I'm da- oh, uh, Tyler Black as well, yeah, of course. Uh, Kings of Wrestling, one of the most recent ones, I'm damn sure they'll lose Davey Richards at some stage in the, within the next couple of years. Um, Every single time one of these guys goes and, and if, if people say, oh, that's it, Ring of Honor's done for, they, they make somebody else. You know, right now, David Richards is the man. Um, when the time comes it's him to move on, he will put somebody else over. They will become the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a fantastic achievement. Uh, I think it's great to see uh, Kerry Silken having the, the, not just the business sense, but also the, the interest in the company to, to sell when it looked like the right thing to do uh, to secure the company's future and I sincerely hope that um, the main event of the 20th anniversary show will be as good as every other main event for anniversary shows tend to be. I hope so too. Um, it's, it's a, the, the, I've always had problems with like the pacing of their show um, and it often comes off as a show that is directed more probably because of their understanding of wrestling because of where they've worked previously as a show that is for the live audience yeah. rather than the people watching at home. Um, but you could never take away the from the effort that was being put in by everyone involved and they they don't just hire any old shit that WWE release no. just for the sake of saying, look at this name. Well, the, the, the t- they, they learn very quickly, I think, that even oh, you were going to talk about the Jeff Hardy the Jet, Jeff, and Matt and as well. Yeah. Whenever they got, they're getting booed out of the building. Which is yeah. amazing considering that those people, probably people who were fans of the Hardy Boys work in WWE when they were younger themselves. Yeah, more than likely. Um, for me, what I've always liked, uh, Ring of Honor, it, it very much filled the gap as it was intended to that ECW left. Quite literally, they started off because RF Video needed content because they didn't have ECW to, to sell anymore. Um, it doesn't. It's not as loud. It's not as brash. It's not as we're going to take over the world as as ECW was. And that's why it's still there. And that's why it's lasted ten years and may very well last another ten. Um, and people are getting paid. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great company. It's a credit to the industry. This will probably be my pick. Is Ring Car King, if that's what it's called, or is it King Sorry. Car Ring? <laughs> um, no, that's the champion. <laughs> <laughs> the, the basically the uh, Indian TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a. A sensible idea. You you could probably get markets that enjoy wrestling, but 
would enjoy wrestling more if it was based in their country. I uh, sadly, I'm not sure that would necessarily work in England. I think they'd be splitting their TNA would just be splitting their viewers instead of just having English people yeah. watch TNA. You'd end up with English people watching the English TNA and then having to pay twice the amount of wrestlers. Yeah. But I think it's a good thing. It could be a good thing for India, especially if they employ Indian people uh, in the staff for camera work, that sort of thing. Obviously, they've probably got Indian people on commentary. I'm not sure if they have two commentary teams. One, because when, sure. I, when, I, when I watched it, I'm pretty sure there was uh, uh, Jeremy Borash there, but I was <laughs> I was watching it with no sound on in bed on, the <laughs> <laughs> on my mobile phone on uh, YouTube. Which is how they intended to be watched. <laughs> um, the world of uh, convergence. Two-two and media study. Exactly. Um, but I think that could... That's, a potential way that they could make a, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, they could get into other vastly populated places, um, China, China's maybe. the obvious one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, that could work well for them, probably to the point where they could probably just wrap up their North American division. <laughs> they'd, probably, they'd, probably be, they'd probably better surge if they wrapped up their North American division and just moved to the UK. <laughs> because... I think it's probably more it's the most watched wrestling product in in England, due to it being on free television. So they probably make a lot less money than WWE do out of it. Um, but they are very popular here. Um, At the end of the day, they wouldn't be running up against. Yeah, TNA are in the problem where they need to uh, they need to get the hell out of the Impact Zone because they can't charge people there because people have been used to doing it for free. Yeah. Um, and also because the it's a fucking awful venue for bad television. They can't mic it properly to you know, from all the reports are that live actually even when it sounds good live you just don't hear it. They just can't do anything with it. It makes them look bad. It does make it look amateurish and uh and it, and it, a bit like uh worldwide used to. I think that yeah. was the, the, the WWE show yeah. that was filmed in an arena with a with a, a, a small spinning disc underneath the ring. It was, that, it was the same venue, in fact, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was, it was uh, Universal Studios. Yeah. But 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 when you when you're presenting a um, throwaway filler TV program full of highlights and and the odd kind of two minute match, it's not mm -hmm. so much of a big deal because the crowd would be dead if it was in a big stadium. Mm -hmm. um, when it's your main program and we're, I don't know it it. it there's something about the impact zone that when people are chanting things, it comes across almost like they've been paid to chant. They chant Very things that it. they chant things that no one in a million. They chant the crimson. No one in a million years would. Who? Well, crimson. <laughs> you know, former tag team champion with Matt Morgan, that talented young Who? man. Um, I'm going to ignore you. Uh, I have no real problem with crimson, but I can't in a million years believe that he's done anything that would result in people chanting for him. That's extraordinary. I had no idea this was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but you, 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 there's this. Sort of, it's not like a big chant because it's such a small arena, and as you say, it's badly mic. But you can hear people getting behind wrestlers, but it just doesn't seem genuine. It's no. almost, it almost, it just comes across like they've been, almost like there's a thing above the ring that says applaud and uh, and boo. That thing above the ring is Jeremy Borash. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> but all the things you can say about TNA, I'm a massive fan of Jeremy Borash. I, love Jeremy I really Borash. wish they'd kick Mike Tanaya and just let him do commentary with Taz. I, I'd say the same about half of the roster. Kick <laughs> half the roster out. Just give me more JB. More JB and his spin cycle. <laughs> um, but my thing that I'm saying is ring carking. I think is a very, very it's great business move. So apparently Jeff Jarrett is the guy that is, he's the guy that's behind it and put it together and is running it. Um, so credit to him. Um, I hope it works out. Um, the other side that you haven't mentioned that is a real positive for is it gives guys another legitimate place to work. Yeah, uh, Matt Morgan, who I hilariously uh, pretended not to know who he was just now. Uh, yeah moments ago. 
Um, Matt Morgan, that training on Twitter worldwide. For the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, uh, Matt Morgan, who really isn't going to be getting over anytime soon in America, still needs to find that it factor um, somewhere along the line, can now go to a new territory um, where he doesn't have that sort of stench of, oh, yes, it's you again. <laughs> um, and with an audience who isn't so used to having live professional wrestling on a big scale, who can see this massive jacked up athlete mm. and probably get behind him. This is the this is the territory that for whom Greg Carly is the Hulk Hogan. So, you know, they obviously yeah. are impressed by size, if nothing else. Um and I know he's the Ring Hacking champion now is their first one. So hopefully he'll get over, over there. Matt Morgan. Oh I thought you got Carly, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that was my fault when I phrased it. Um so yeah, guys like him and I uh, Charbo's got a got a job there. You know, it, it's somewhere else with people that work it and, is. and to get experience. Madness did um, went over there and got yeah, yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, That was a very odd first episode where they just uh, had a cricketer uh, as their goodwill ambassador uh, introduce just everyone into the ring, all, all the wrestlers one by one that came into the ring. I was thinking, when's this going to end? <laughs> when the ring collapses. Um, but but there, it was nice to see, I think, of three Indian talents there as well. Yeah, I think being, being trained by people within TNA, I think it's, that would be something that I wouldn't like if they were entirely... Just TNA, and just kind of throw in someone like um, uh, that Bombay chap whose name I've completely forgotten now. Sanjay Dutt. They could have just thrown him in there and gone, there you go, there's your token uh, Indian who you can get behind. Yeah. But um, I'm so glad they are kind of taking on Indian wrestlers, hopefully giving them a decent pay, hopefully improving. Uh, I'm not saying that it's their responsibility to solve any problems uh, in India. Uh, such such as the massive gulf between rich and poor there. Um, but <laughs> You're I'm, not saying that TNA should, should solve that. Uh, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I hope that they do their small part uh, within that market to kind of help the people there. Hopefully we can get some... And, and hopefully that the Indian talent will be decent enough to help this promotion eventually be maybe mostly Indian rather than... <laughs> Good night, Bye. or good day, depending on when you listen.